You're listening to the Enhance Your Practice podcast series, brought to you by ASPS University. I'm ASPS University Chair, Dr. Nicholas Panetta, and I invite you to check out all of our educational offerings, from professional surgical videos, courses on practice management, and much, much more at ASPS EdNet. Hello, listener. Welcome to the ASPS University podcast, Enhance Your Practice. I'm your host, Dr. Ash Patel. In this episode, we have Dr. Smitha Ramanathan, who recently left academic practice to start her own practice in New Jersey. Welcome, Smita. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. So first, let me ask you, what were the main issues that led you to consider changing practice type? You know, it was a very personal decision for me. You know, I did a complete 180 going from academic to solo practice. But, you know, it was multifactorial. I think ultimately for me, I wanted autonomy. I had a vision of what I wanted my practice to be. In academics, it's really hard when you're the most junior person, even after being there for four years, to create the practice that I wanted to create. And so it was just always difficult, and I didn't really see that changing in the future. And so I did a lot of soul searching and pretty much looked at every single option, other academic jobs, other group practices, hospital employee practices. At the end of the day, I was like, you know what, I just need to do this on my own, call the shots myself, and just kind of build something that is my own. So when you first started to make the moves to have that transition in practice, were there things that you found out about that process that you didn't expect to have to know or have to do? Well, yeah, running a business, I think, is something that we're not trained in at all, right? Like we finish residency and we're very good at the clinical part of plastic surgery, which is the goal of residency, but it doesn't really prepare you so much for real world job real life stuff. So, you know, I think that was one of the biggest factors was like, okay, I have to learn how to do all these things while I'm executing too, right? So like, do I get a loan? Do I not get a loan? How do I even get a loan? And you're just like learning every single step is something that you have to learn because we just don't have that background. So how did you navigate that? Were there resources that you went to to help you figure that out? Yeah. I mean, so I talked to pretty much everybody that I could. My friends, I was lucky enough that I had a lot of colleagues that also either made the transition at some point along the way or they were doing it at the same time that I was or right after residency, they opened up their own practices. So, you know, I picked their brains a lot. And then ASPS, WPS, YPS, I mean, there's such great resources in networking and talking to people that have a little bit more experience and have kind of gone through it. So what surprised you as you've now changed practices about what you were told versus the reality or what you thought versus the reality of private practice? So I think the biggest thing was just everything takes so long. You talk to all these contractors and even whoever you talk to, they're like, oh, it'll just take a few months. It'll take two months to build your website. Oh, construction be four months. And then, you know, 10 months later, <laughs> you're still working on things. That's, um, that's how long it took to, to get things set up? My main office is still under construction. You know, permitting, they tell you, oh, it's going to take a week or two. And then eight weeks later, we're still waiting on permits. So everything just takes so long. And I think that was the hardest part for me. And I think for all of us as surgeons, where we want like instant gratification, we're used to that patience is not our virtue and so you really have to slow down and realize that you can only do so much right we're very much used to planning things out and having a structure and an idea of when something's going to happen and it sounds like that was very difficult it's very difficult i mean you have a plan 
and you have like deadlines in your head, but nobody follows those deadlines. So it's fine that it's in your head. But so I think that was the biggest thing is that you just have to be patient, go with the flow. There's going to be hiccups all over the place and you just kind of have to roll with the punches and realize at the end of the day, everything's going to work out fine. You're still building what you want to build and you might as well kind of enjoy the process and realize it'll be worth it in the end. So how did you plan out your income stream then if the ideal date to start your practice got delayed by by several months, it sounds? Yeah, I mean, that's a difficult part. I, mean, I ended up taking out loans. You know, initially I was planning on just kind of funding it myself. And then after you actually talk to people that are in business, they're like, you never mix personal with business finances. And so I was like, all right, that's something new, I guess, that I learned. So, you know, I ended up taking out loans and I Essentially, I looked into doing per diem stuff and all of that. But at the end of the day, I was like, I need to focus on just building my practice. I lived off my savings, you know, and I had the loan to kind of start the business part of it. So it's stressful for sure. But I mean, it's great at the same time. Care Credit is a health, wellness and beauty credit card dedicated to helping millions of patients get the care they want or need by offering promotional financing options. Accepted at more than 240,000 providers nationwide, the Care Credit Credit Card allows cardholders to make convenient monthly payments for plastic surgery, minimally invasive treatments, skincare products, and more. Reconstructive surgery patients can also use the card to pay deductibles, co-pays, and other fees not covered by insurance. Patients can use Care Credit for prescriptions at Rite Aid, Walgreens, and other select pharmacies. Once approved, Patients can use their card again and again for additional procedures and services you provide. Join the Care Credit Provider Network and learn about special rates offered to ASPS members. Call 800-300-3046 or visit carecredit.com to enroll today. So you're very active on social media. Yeah. What did you do to start getting word out about your practice? Um, it's very interesting. So I actually opened up my... Um, business uh, Instagram handle probably about a month after or right before I opened I kind of had it coordinate with when my website went live and so at that point it was just really posting things about the practice tagging people that were also in my community I like went to our like high-end mall handle and started following people that followed them it's just like this whole game of just trying to get people to notice you out there. And then I sponsored some things on Instagram with some posts if I had specials. But the difficult part with social media is that people want to see before and afters. And so coming from an academic practice, I can't take my before and afters with me because they're owned by the hospital. So I think that's really been the biggest struggle because people do want to see that and you, you can't post that. So you have to kind of build that part of it from scratch again. And so that's been the most challenging part. But... You've had some interesting experiences with staff. Can you share some of the details about that? Yeah, um, you know, I think that's the most difficult thing. And, you know, people kind of warned me, but hiring and managing staff is pretty difficult. But yeah, no, I had a staff member that I was super excited to work with, and she's actually like an amazing person, but it just didn't work out well. So, you know, the last thing I thought was three months into practice that I'd, you know, have to part ways with my employee. But, you know, it happens, right? It's just one of those things where it happens. It's a hiccup. You just got to roll with it and 
keep on looking for the right fit and realize that no one's going to be a perfect fit, right? It's not their baby, it's your baby. So, you know, you just have to do the best you can and support them and hopefully they'll support you in your How did you decide what type of staff members you wanted to have? How many people? Um, that's a great question. So I knew I wanted to build a cosmetic practice. Um, that was pretty much my goal into moving to New Jersey. There's a great market for it. And I think because of that, I knew I wanted someone who had more of that patient care coordinator type of experience, whether, and they didn't necessarily have to have that clinical background. I feel like the plastic surgery part of things, I could teach them and train them, but I really wanted them to have that sales kind of skill set. They needed to be personable and outgoing and have that bubbly voice on the phone. And so that's primarily what I was looking for and what I'm still looking for for my position. So, so three months into practice here in your, in your new practice, so congratulations. Thank you. But what keeps you up at night thinking about the practice? I mean, literally everything <laughs> keeps you up at night. Um, I just remember even before I decided to go into private practice, solo practice, I was still working in Boston and I literally woke up, I think at like four o'clock in the morning and I started thinking about printers and copy machines and the fact that I needed like one of those huge copiers that like offices have. And I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. And then I started thinking about office supplies and it's just so absurd and random, but it's just little things like that, that when you're in academics, it's all just provided for you. You just show up and you start seeing patients and you do your thing. You don't have to worry about pens, you know, or a stapler in the office. So it's just little things like that. You just wake up for some reason and your mind starts racing. And But it's all, you know, of course, in the middle of the night, everything is irrational, a big deal. So you don't go back to sleep. But yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the things about private practice. You're wearing so many different hats and you're kind of managing everything, which is exciting and challenging at the same time. And it's stressful, but it's so fun. And yeah, so it just, your brain never shuts off. You just kind of have to force it to at some point. Is there one thing that as your practice opened up that you look back on now and say, yeah, I nailed it? Oh, that is a good question. You know, I think for me, there isn't one thing. You know, I think you look back and you always wish that you could have done something better or something different. But the, I'm just happy that I'm being true to myself. I'm being true to what I want my brand to be, the type of patients that I want. And you hear a lot of different opinions and everybody has an opinion. And I think I'm just proud of myself for sticking to what I want and what I want my brand to be. Do you think you faced any particular challenges as a young female plastic surgeon, particular to opening a practice? Not necessarily. I feel like I am lucky in the sense that I have a great network of people that have just been super supportive. I think most of the doubt just came from internal, you know, you question whether you can do it. You're kind of trying something new that you've never done before, so it's a little scary, but I was really lucky that I had people that supported me and helped build me up. And, you know, I'm part of WPS and all of those women are just so amazing and they've kind of paved the path for me. So it's it's been a really great, great experience. And so to any of our colleagues who are in similar situations thinking of transition practice, do you have any words of advice? I think the biggest thing is really just to do some soul searching and don't just jump and make a big career move because you're unhappy. There's always going to be issues no matter where you are, whether it's academics or private or group, nothing is perfect. So do some soul searching, figure out really what's the best thing for you. And then once you decide, just, just go for it. We're all smart people and accomplished and things might be daunting, but 
but you can do it. You just got to have faith in yourself. So going back to the social media topic, do you choose to manage it yourself or did you have someone and why did you do what you did? So I actually manage my accounts myself. Initially, I did have my staff do it and I just felt like I wanted my Instagram to really represent me. And so that's hard when somebody else is writing your post for it to be personal. And I just felt like at the end of the day, between sending them pictures and telling them what to post, and it was just easier for me to just do it myself. And so I don't know, that might change in the future. But for now, I enjoy doing it. I like posting what's going on. And it's a lot of work, but it's fun. I think it's a whole different aspect to the practice that is kind of fun. And I'm showing people who I am and what my practice is. So that's exciting for me. So a year from now, where do you want your practice to be? That's funny. I mean, at this point, I'm honestly just day to day trying to get patients in the door. But, you know, in a year, it would really be great for me to hire maybe an esthetician or a nurse or someone to do some of the non-invasive things, maybe start building out more of a med spa aspect of my practice. But really, my focus right now is to just build my practice and get my name out there and do good work and take care of patients and just kind of see how things go. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. Join us on the next episode of Enhance Your Practice, where we'll be discussing designing your private practice with Dr. Parag Butala and Dr. Diana Yoon Schwartz. We hope you enjoyed this episode of our Enhance Your Practice podcast series, brought to you by ASPS University and our host, Dr. Ash Patel. You can listen to our other episodes on any of the podcast platforms where they are currently available, or you can download recordings directly from ASPS Ednet. New seasons and episodes are coming soon on practice management. Please contact ASPS Education with your feedback and suggestions for future podcast topics. Thank you for tuning in.